Today on the show, strategy plus action equals overcoming deep-rooted frustration. Great coaches and consultants like you have the ability to change people's lives and transform entire organizations. And your impact can often go far beyond the clients you work with. One of the reasons I love working with coaches and consultants is because of that ripple effect. This show is here to highlight your expertise and empower you with resources and new ideas to grow your business. Welcome to Strategy in Action. Adam Kasich is on the show today, and I say this a lot, I understand, but wow, what a conversation. Uh, what an awesome guy. Uh, I had a blast getting to know him you know, a week or two ago just over the phone as part of brand builders group that I'm a part of. I just love, we, we talk about that a little bit at, at the beginning. Um, but just getting to, to know his story and how he helps people with his coaching. So powerful. And I really wanted to have him on to talk about this, this aspect of frustration. That's really his core, the, the core thing he fights against, right. Uh, and, and helps his clients overcome. And, you know, it's not this, oh, you know, I'm frustrated because I'm late to a meeting, <laughs> kind of frustrating. But we're talking about that, you know, that feeling of, of being stuck, honestly. Like, I am, you know, I should be doing more. I, you know, could go accomplish this thing. But it's that deep, nagging frustration that's down inside that you're you're just not happy with, you know, it could be one aspect, could be your your whole life, <laughs> maybe the, the, that feeling a little bit. Often it's, when you get into it though, it's, it's, it's a couple of core areas, even your professional life, and that's still broad, or it may be, you know, taking that leap to go do what you've always wanted to do, start a coaching practice, um, change it all up and go, you know, instead of one-on-one -on -one going into group, it could be something like that, an aspect of things. It could be your entire situation in life and how you've been showing up. But I think we can all identify with that, that deep nagging aspect that, you know, it's not quite as, you know, in our face as, oh, rents do right now. And oh, that's a problem I can go and I need to go solve but it's deeper and it's, it's nagging, right? It's that, it's that little bit like, ah, oh, I, sh I should do something about that. And then we don't, and then it builds, it nags a little more. It's never quite up in our face maybe, but it's something that never goes away. We know it's important to us because we feel that pull. We feel that tug and that manifests into that frustration, which you know, can, can have numerous negative effects, you know, as we leave that, um, over time. But most importantly too, it's just that feeling of knowing, oh, I really want this other thing or, or, or this aspect of my life to be better and continually not taking advantage of that, not taking action towards it. And, you know, sometimes it's because we don't quite recognize what that frustration is. Other times we, we just don't know where to start and in tackling it and trying to understand that. And, you know, Adam's somebody who, who helps people with that big first step in overcoming it and really digging into not only identify what that is 
and really going deep to make sure it's that's really what's causing that frustration, but then guiding people along the way in his proven process that he has to help you get out of that frustration and, and moving forward in life. I know you're going to love this conversation. You're going to love Adam's energy and his incredible story. All right, let's jump in. Adam Kasich, welcome to the show. I'm ready, man. Strategy and action. I was bragging about it this morning at home over breakfast. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Bill him. <laughs> so glad you're here. I, you know, we got introduced in the, the Brand Builders group, um, which is, I've just had a blast being in and, and we got to, you know, really dig in and kind of, kind of go through our experience in that, you know, last week on the call, which is fantastic. And I really wanted to have you on the show to just dig in even more about, you know, certainly the journey you're on as a coach, consultant, helping people through, but very specifically around this way that you're helping people, right? That you, you've got that, you know, in brand builders language, right? The, the, the one word problem that you're really helping people solve. And that's, a, that's around frustration, right? You know, and, yep. and, and digging in there, but I'll let you kind of expand on that. It resonated with me probably for plenty of, you know, personal reasons that like, oh, I can tell you 15 things I'm frustrated with just in my own, you know, I need to take care of. But it also brought up, oh, you know what? I'm sure everyone's got their own version. And so I'd love to know, you know, how you're helping people through that. Um, But give us a little, you know, background and geography here to you and what's kind of led you to this point of, of helping people in this way right now. Yeah, I am. Uh, first of all, I, I it, this is not trite. This is a for me. It is a big deal to be invited into someone else's atmosphere, based on the hope that they're going to bring something valuable to them, which in this case is you and your people, right? So that's a big deal. I don't take it lightly. I get the butterflies. No different if I were to be speaking in front of people in, in at a room or an arena. I've had the opportunity to do that a couple few times. And uh, the big shows, ten thousand plus, and that is—it's uh, almost—it's almost the same kind of butterflies. And and I talk all the time, like it's not scared to talk. Ask my wife about that, man. Shoo wee, conversations about me talking. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, for me, you know, what led me into the brand builders coaching in order to get my message clarified and and to be specific and stop having people work so hard to understand what I was saying. I think when we talked, we, we got to sharing a little bit about stories, but it's like, I don't, I, it used to take me 15, 20 minutes of a conversation with someone telling my part when it, you know, when you meet somebody new, like a parent at the baseball fields with your kids playing ball, like you meet and you, you know, you figure out what each other does. And he's like, you know, drive a truck or I'm a doctor. What? And it's like, okay, I get what you do. And then I have to tell a story that's 20 minutes long to get to the point where I can give them some understanding and context of what I do. That's the, that's the tough part too, because in that, that's the skill that comes in, right? And defining that and so much of that is not wanting to limit ourselves, not wanting to, you know, because there right. is so much there, but that's why it's, you know, it's a it's science and an understand. art, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? They knew. So, if they understood. Right. So how do we get all these big, you know, transformational things that you can help people with into a sentence, a word? Yep. Uh, yeah, that's that's strong. 
you know, to the original question or to, to our initial question, to, to set the stage a little bit with some context, I was, I was a, a registered nurse in my 20s working level one trauma in, in downtown Detroit. And that was my first big person job. And I was in the military and, and did my thing and got nursing through that, went civilian and started working in the hospitals. And there was, there was a part of me early in my life, even as a teenager, where I couldn't put a finger on it, but I knew that there was this thing inside me that was pulling me to a bigger, brighter life than what I knew. And I did not have a bad childhood. I completely tanked my adulthood, my first decade in it, you know, first trial run as an adult, and I smashed that thing to pieces, man. And, you know, and a lot of it was related to the frustration. And when I say frustration, I don't mean that uh, these superficial, superficial seasonal frustrations that come along, that we might be dealing with, you know, all the kids are in sports at the same time and there's a lot going on at work. Like that's frustrating. Or being in traffic, that's frustrating. What I'm talking about is the frustration that sits inside somebody that eventually leads to a loss of hope or a loss of, or, or them forfeiting the vision or the dream that they believe might be in their heart or that, that they see in their heart, in their mind. You know, a lot of times when you're, when you're driving home late at night from doing anything, at least for me, that was big time stare at the stars and think about the future and, and analyze and assess my life, my daily real life. And in those moments is where that frustration set in early for me. And I just responded very poorly. And so I, I went, because I didn't, I didn't have outlets, I didn't have the awareness, I didn't have people around me that knew that there was a way that you could build your life custom to your dreams and your goals and your desires. And you could do it without hurting people. And you could, as a matter of fact, the preferred way and the most likely way that it's going to take is to actually help people. And I was all about that, but I, I just, it was like, it was in another room that I, I completely, completely blind to the possibility that there could be something else much more in the, in the fixed mindset of being raised where I was in a very, just, I guess, like a lot of us, low middle class and blue collar and the factory and go drive a truck. And the best of parents want you to do is maybe go to college for a bunch of years, get a ton of debt and get some, some letters behind your name. And because that was your only chance. And I knew that I just felt separated. So that led to a whole bunch of stuff like, so I got married early. I was 22. I, that, to, to us, it was early in our culture, 22. And we found out we were pregnant a year later. And from there, I just kind of lost my mind thinking I'm stuck forever. And I started with affairs at work. I mean, the opportunity and availability, right? People talk about opportunity and availability as a, as a recipe for potential disaster. And I had, in being a young male nurse in that, in those days, early two thousands and late nineties, like it was fish in a barrel, brother. I mean, whatever you wanted to do it, like that Gray's anatomy, like I lived that and, and that's real. Like there's husbands, wives, if you got husbands and wives and Never mind. I don't want to give people any scary ideas. It's real. So affairs, 
then I'm betraying who I was and what I believed in because I did not believe in that. That's just, a, that's the cycle, right? And it's my cycle obvious. was beginning. Yeah. And this is exactly the, it, what we're talking about. Yeah, because you're, you are doing the exact opposite of what you believe in, which makes you, then all the guilt and shame around that, which makes you, oh, well, then I might as well, that's who I am now. And so then you do it again and it reinforces and reinforces. And then it's just like finding whatever you can to mask that and not yeah, face so. it. Right. Yep. And that's what was happening. And that, that I went down a four year path of that to the point where by the end of it for the last six months or more, I was an active IV drug abuser of opioid meds that I was getting pharmaceutical grade from the hospital, the morphines, the, the fentanyls, the Dilaudids, you, you name it. I was buffering it with Benadryl because I started the opioid thing was taking over my skin and you itch real bad and, and you start scratching so bad that you're, you're, you know, you're tearing up your skin. And this was, this was the deal. I had lost all sorts of weight. This was, this was a four year process. And, uh, so, and I'm doing this while I'm having a fair, and yeah, I'm just off the deep end, right? I'm, I'm headed toward annihilation and I'm just thinking, thought there was supposed to be more. Like I thought I, I ne this wasn't supposed to be my life. Too much talent, too many gifts, like put in too good of a place to start from. This, this never should have happened. And through a chance, through, through, through a few encounters, and it's not the place for it today. And I'm, I'm not, I'd love to share these stories, but they're, uh, it's not the time or the place at the moment, just because of the sake of brevity and in respect of the message. Right. But I got to the point where, uh, my wife and I, we, we, div we divorced and it finalized on Valentine's day. And from there around that same season, I had met someone who, who showed me a different way. And when I, I mean, you know, it wasn't super mysterious and it, it I met a guy who had, had found some financial freedom through entrepreneurship himself. And he was a consultant at GM and he had offices around the world and he gave that up to, for less money actually. And he gave it up to become more of a coach and a mentor and help younger guys not repeat some of the mistakes that he had made. He had lost a marriage to alcoholism. And when I met him, I was actively using the IV drugs probably four to five days a week. And I, w I was falling asleep in my car at Burger Kings and Walmarts and I'd wake up an hour and a half later and, and then I'd drive home just completely blown out, blitzed. Bruce. Like I'd drive that Man. way. And uh, my daughter, my second child was born while we were separated. And I told this guy I wanted him to mentor me. I'm four years into this, my side. And he go and, and I told him a little bit about my life and this, this, the stuff, what was going on. And he goes, I'll agree to, he's a generation older than me. And he goes, and I was, I remember this, man. I was sitting in a, in a 1997 poop brown metallic mercury sable sitting in my driveway in, in just outside Detroit. Because I had lived in my car a little bit here and there and crashed at some people. So I, there was a point where there was no real place. And I remember talking to him sitting in the driveway, sitting in the driver's seat, still buckled, staring at my garage door. I'm like, hey, man, I want you to help me. I'm on fire. I got stuff. You know, I got what it takes and I, I, I won't quit. And I had been in the army. I had been a nurse young. I had, like, I had done some things in my career. It was the personal life, like I said, that I was tanking. And he's like, I'll, I'll help you. But... uh 
under one condition. And I'm like, okay, you got it. I'll do anything. And he goes, I want you to go back and apologize to your wife and beg her forgiveness and try to save your marriage. This is a month before the divorce finalizes. I said, <laughs> you know, I'll do whatever, but you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> that ship has sailed. Like you, they, they, they. <laughs> I said to him, I'm like, I've wrecked her. And I don't deserve it. Like, I, I don't deserve anything. And there's no way she's going to accept. And I'm ripping off the excuses on why I can't change my life and why I can't measure up to what he's asking me to do, which is simply a choice. What he asked me to do required nothing of qualifications or connections or skill. This is where, this is where I got gripped and how we're sitting here today with me. Hopefully I got something to offer people about breaking frustration and, and negative repetitive patterns. This is where he got me and what led to this moment. He said, I didn't ask you to be responsible for the results. I asked you to do your duty as a man. Man. Dude, it still gives me goosebumps when I get a chance to tell that story about him. His name is Don. Oh, yeah. And Don that Freeze. gives me chills. And I had never... I had never encountered somebody that used a thought process like that. He, his mindset, the way that he, his language was put together, the way he used his words wasn't slick. It was just wise and, and other mind thinking. Like it was another dimension of a mindset. And yet it was also common sense. It was brilliant and it was simple. And from there, my only response to him was, okay, I'll do it. So that's what led me into the path of working on my frustration and ending my negative repetitive cycles. So that's why I mean, this isn't frustration waiting in line at Jimmy John's, even though they're freaky fast, you, you're still late for the meeting, you got to get back to work or the boss is chomping at the bit, gets you back, whatever. This is frustration that, will, that ultimately leads to hopelessness because you're incongruent with your core values you're betraying who you know you should be, even if you haven't even seen that person in reality yet. You have this vision in your mind. Or you're completely lacking the vision altogether. Maybe you gave it up. Maybe you forfeited it. Maybe you listened to your, your, your drunk friend over the fence and he told you that your idea was terrible and, and you believed him. So you went back inside and finished the game and just gave up. You'll yell at the wife. You'll yell at the kids. You'll kick the cat. This is the life. And we all use too many substances or escapes in those moments. So along this process, working with the group, yeah, I've created the seven pillars of revolutionary freedom, which are essentially, now I'm not a doctor. I don't have a psych degree. I'm close, so I can make sense sometimes, like a real psychiatrist or therapist, but I'm a layman. And, and I've, I, I actually, my wife sometimes like, maybe you should go back and finish up that degree. And I'm like, part of me, Maybe it's an excuse that I don't want to, but part of me enjoys the layman part of being able to do things like this because I find it very relatable. Uh, I know that people get impacted when I get to spend time with them or share a story about where I come from and some of the things that I do. And I know I'm also not for everybody. And so not interested in being. But the seven pillars is where it comes from. And I've put together this process where it involves getting back to your authentic identity, living your authenticity, so you can experience a revolutionary freedom that there's no other way to get. That's, that's the stage. That's powerful. 
and I, I want to dig in, in into those for sure. But even kind of taking a step and make sure that you know people watching, people listening, they they understand a couple of big things. One is this term frustration because it's a it's a deceptively not soft word, but like. I don't know, like, like light, like it could be taken as exactly what you, what you just went through and said, it's not, you know, we can feel frustrated that, you know, the, you know, our clothes aren't done drying yet. We got to go, you know, but there's that deep aching long-term frustration. It's still the right word, but it's a very, it's a, it's a way more destructive and just slowly chipping away at you kind of emotion that we just, even if we don't have words for it, we know this isn't it. This isn't right. This isn't where we should be. But it's not, you know, a sledgehammer about to hit us in the face so that we can duck and actually do something. No, it's just softly, slowly there. And that's some of the most destructive thing because then you look up six years later and you still haven't taken action you still haven't done anything about it because it's just there enough to bother you and doesn't keep Killing you from you going slowly. to work or, yeah exactly and the, the other thing is is this idea that you talked about of just not even knowing what's possible in that other room not even knowing there is another room right of life of ways to approach the way that you know, Don coming into your life and never hearing somebody, you know, a lot of times we forget when we start in this, in this world, some, sometimes, you know, we're fortunate enough to have had the parents that talked this way or exposed to personal development in some way that, you know, early on. So it's, you know, 10 years later and you're just like, everyone thinks this way. And it's just not the case, you know, and it's really is it's important to have these reminders that, you know, people are starting from zero in terms of even thinking beyond their immediate surroundings. All they have and all any of us have, have are our surroundings, right? What we can see around us, the people around us and like, oh, that's what's possible. Okay. And if all we've had are those negative things or someone makes one wrong choice and that's their life or that, you know, because they're born here, that's all they ever experience. If you don't see what's possible outside of that, man, like how, how could you, how could you know (laughs) that there's something else? And I'm just curious too, like how did Don first come on your radar? Like how did that even get to that point of a phone call there? This is the part that I, I always feel torn sharing only because it's not duplicatable. <laughs> it's not something I can give you a technique to go do. And, and this is the way I think it is for most people's lives when we have these serendipitous moments or these run-ins with, with, with destiny, right? Where if that didn't happen, like how? How would it have? But for me personally, it was as simple as I was working in, I almost wanted to touch on law of attraction, vibrational frequencies and things. And, and because oh, it, it turns me on and I, and I love teaching it. It's part of what I do in my coaching. It's not in the marketing of my stuff, but I do use it in coaching and I teach it. And But either way, not knowing anything about that back in those days, I 
I was still obsessed with another life, with, with escaping, getting out of nursing and getting free, right? And for me, that was time, money and, and control of my choice. I'm in the hospital and I'm working in the ER. It's midnight. I think it's three in the morning. And a paramedic comes up to me and says, hey, do you know so-and-so over here? I'm like, he's like, he goes, he's a, you know, he's, he's a nurse and he's also a contract temp nurse. I was working at this place as a contractor and he's like, he's from, he's from up North. This is back in Michigan. He's from, he's from up North and, uh, you know, he's like a part-time sheriff or something. He goes, and you were in the military, right? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, is this guy trying to set me up on a date? Like what, what is this? Because it was weird. It was weird, right? And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll meet him. I went over and met the dude, shook his hand, caught up a little bit. He's a little bit older than me. And then he invited me to a meeting. And he was, he was in, in direct sales with, with this informational services business. In other words, they were helping people subscribe to seminars for self-help and and, and, you know, DVDs and books and audios and, and it all, and all personal education stuff. Good stuff. That's how I got exposed to Jim Rohn and some of the greats like Zig Ziglar, Zig Ziglar and Ogmandino and in these pl people. So I went to, you know, a couple of their deals and I'm like, well, I don't see any babies getting sacrificed on altars or any blood pouring out of the cups around here, all over people's heads, any skulls and crossbones and one eye symbols. I'm like, so whatever, let's give it a shot. And Don was at that meeting. He was one of the speakers and that's how I learned about his story. And the guy from the ER that took me to the meeting had me shake his hand, you know, introduce me and that's what they do at these meetings. And I, I met him, shook his hand and uh, got to know him. And uh, to this day we're we're in touch. He he reached out to me first on Thanksgiving and said, "Happy birthday, C or ha Happy Thanksgiving, C man. Happy Thanksgiving, and all the blessings to you and your family." And it might have been even Christmas. It was one of the two. It was just recent, and he calls me C man because I took him up on the challenge. I went and have you ever heard of the movie Cinderella Man? Yes. Yeah. Russell, so Russell Crowe, right? Crow, yeah. Yep, Renee Zellweger, and it's the true story of James Braddock, professional boxer in the Depression era, who went through hellish challenges, was on top of the world as a champion, and then a, a handful of breaks, bad breaks, bad beats, as our kids would say these days. He, uh, he lost everything and, and was working on the docks, injured and broken hand through depression, lost power, lost food, like had to give up. His, his kids got moved away from him to other relatives. And like he was down and out and he fought back and he saved his family. So I took up Don's advice and I went back and, and it was that March after the Valentine's day divorce. It was that March that I gave up drugs. I, I stopped cold Turkey. I didn't go to any groups. I stopped. Um, uh, I can't give that advice. I guess that's medical, right? When you're that deep into an addiction, like withdrawals can kill you and that's real. So seek a, a medical pro on that. That's why I say most of my stuff is anecdotal, right? <laughs> Necessarily repeat that. But I did. 
And uh, he ended up nicknaming me Cinderella Man and had me come to his house with my wife and we watched it with his wife. And and uh, to this day, he calls me Seaman because I fought for my family. And he goes, you know, you always tell the story about me or whatever. And he goes, he goes, but you got to understand. He goes, I gave that challenge to a bunch of guys over the years. He goes, you're not like the first or the only one that I've done that with. I'm like, okay. He goes, you're just the only one that did it. Wow. I'm like, dang, dude. So that started giving me some confidence, right? And uh, wow, that's how I met Don. That's phenomenal. Oh, man, that's powerful. Because that's the thing. And I understand the hesitation and the non-replicable, <laughs> you know, steps. First, meet somebody <laughs> who's going to take you to a meeting, right? Like, I understand that. But but the power and the takeaway, besides being an incredible story, is that those things happen. Those yes. things can happen. And you can't dial in which ones and how, but you can be open to it. And you can, yep. like, hey, bring it. I don't know what's coming. Bring it on. Like, let's let's do this thing, you know? And, and you can and go through life that way. Again, going right back to what we talked about, like you, if you don't know something's possible, you can't let even let that in. And, you know, but, but, but I think that's one of the powerful things about that story, that particular aspect of the story that is important to, to, to bring in because it's so strong and being open and just sometimes it comes down to following your gut and just being. I have no idea why I'm going to go talk to this person, but something is pulling me over there <laughs> to follow that. You know, I think it's, I think it's powerful. Yeah. A lot of it is just being in motion. Just leave your freaking house. Anyway, yeah. you're going somewhere. You know, I really want to make sure that we touch on this aspect of, of the how, you know, on, on yep. how you help people overcome um this aspect, this frustration, I imagine there's a, there's a certain level of identifying it, you know, and calling it out. And some people don't even realize, especially when it's that underlying <laughs> nagging piece. Um, but now that you've identified that for somebody and helping them on that, I'm assuming this is where sort of, you know, the seven pillars come in and, and all of that. What is that, that framework and how are you helping somebody get to the other side of, of that frustration. You know, the, I don't want it to go overlooked. And so I'll, I'll touch on it briefly. You said you've identified that frustration and now where do we go from there? I actually slow down a little bit and I spend some time on the identification piece. So if you and I were getting together in a coffee shop, I love coffee shops. So I always use that as the setting in my imaginary meetings. I'm, we're going to sit down and, and the, the structure, the point of us sitting down, though, to be clear, is you're looking for my help, right? If, if that's the stage. So we can get rid of the small talk and because I do care. I, I'm family man. Love I, My target audience is family-oriented, truth-seeking professionals. That's who my audience is. Typically, it's got to be 30 to 50 years old, but it doesn't matter. We're talking family-oriented, truth-seeking professionals. And they're truth-seekers because they're not okay with the status quo. If there's better then they're good enough is not enough. So we'll start there. So we sit down and the first thing I'm going to do is have you get talking and, and I'm going to say, well, 
tell me about this frustration. When does it come up? You know, just what, what, what are we looking at? What's the dream, right? We'll, we'll talk about that first. What are you trying to do? What's the proactive side, the positive side? And then we'll come back to the challenge side because we can talk about the frustration all day long. You're driven by it. We wouldn't be sitting down if you weren't unaware of a handful of things. So there's a lack of awareness going on. This doesn't mean lack of intelligence, people. Lack of awareness means there, there's a whole bunch of things that I'm not aware of. I have no awareness on what it's like to be in an NBA locker room. Zero. Doesn't make me stupid. Still watch basketball and understand the game. So we'll start there, but I want to know what that dream is and what they're trying to do. Because if that is not at least... They might not be super clear on what that looks like, where they want to live on purpose, what career they want to have on purpose, what kind of friends do they want to be surrounded by on purpose. They might not know all that, but they at least have to know that, like for me, when I was a nurse, if you would have asked me what I'd do to get rid of that, I used to use really dramatic language. We might have to edit it for the, kid, the kid, kiddo's ears. This is why I put explicit on my show. Because... <laughs> not always cuss words in adult language it's sometimes like crude analogies that I like to use and I I used to have this feeling of if I knew that I was going to be stuck in this position for the rest of my life I'd rather go into a bathtub open my veins and call it a day I used to say that to people in public <laughs> yeah fellow nurses they're like goodness somebody Get the guy in the in the in the white jacket, the straight jacket. Put him in the straight jacket. Tie him down to the bed with leathers. But I do believe in whatever language you want to use, hopefully more human humanity based, that your dream is at least that strong. Tony Robbins calls this your must. I don't know Tony inside and out, but I like that one a lot. Your must. That means like you'd rather be dead than not have it. Whatever the it is, for me, it was a lifestyle where someone wasn't cracking a whip on me in exchange for a paycheck. That's it. I loved nursing the job. It was the field and the environment around it that choked the joy out. And so we're going to start there. That's number one. If that's, we're going to assume that's in place. So we're going to move on to let, let's talk about the obstacles that are in the way, right? The, what, are the, what are the things that are repeating over time? Are you upset that you can't ever seem to find the guy who will treat you like the woman you believe you are in your heart? Do you keep attracting people who discard you or treat you less than? Well, I guarantee you, there is, there is trash coming out of in your energy, probably in your mindset, and it's attracting trash. This doesn't mean you're trash. We all have limiting stuff in our minds, and this is what I'm calling trash. And we're going to get to where some of those thoughts processes are. We're going to go through some exercises. We're going to write some things on a list, and we're going we're gonna to name them. We're going to put some thoughts to these because this is the process of raising awareness. And the more you do it, the more it will increase the awareness of these limiting beliefs that are going through your mind, these poisonous weeds that are in the garden. Because if that's in there, we don't have a chance of taking the next step because we're going to be, we're going to keep getting our knees cut out. We're going to keep sabotaging ourselves through these patterns. That's the frustration piece. A little, you know, a gist on that. Did you want more yeah. practical how to? No, that's, I mean, that's, that's the thing that, that like, that's powerful. And that's such, 
it's such a an important and missing step because just to your point, I can give you a bunch of how tos. Hey, go do this, and they are great things that you should be doing. But if you haven't identified that frustration, you haven't identified your must. You haven't identified what's you know keeping you in this cycle. Just like you said, it, you're it, it, you're just going to be in the same spot over and over and over again, and. That it's such a key piece. So I love that that's a, a big aspect of digging in with folks. Like that, you know, I mean, so, some folks may get, you know, impatient maybe with, you know, okay, cool. Just tell me what to do. Like, hey, I've got this problem. Tell me what to do about it. You know, it's like, awesome. I'm going to do that first. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's, let's, let's dig in here and sit in this for a minute. And for you as that mirror that you're holding up, it's also, it's such a an important duty and responsibility to not let them off the hook in that process, right? Yep. You know, there's there's one or two layers like, oh yeah, you know, I'm frustrated. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be better at that. And it's that intuitive side. It's that experience side to go like, hmm. I know that's part of it, but I have, there's something deeper here. There's something, you know, yep. and digging it. And of course, you don't have to go heal everyone's childhood trauma in order to get them to go be successful by any means. But there's an identification to a lot of this stuff of, man, well, it doesn't even matter the why it's there as much as identifying it's there. That's, I mean, 90%, right? To be able to then move on from that is just going... That's what I've, that's why, that's why I've been sabotaging myself. Like, cause that, that deep, and this is what I really want. I imagine too, a lot of times it's, it's giving them permission to even just say what they want and to truly go, because, you know, we, we, we talked about, you know, your background, not even knowing things are possible. Well, a lot of folks, their environment and their world has been, it doesn't matter what you want. Like you go to work, you do your thing and all that stuff. And so even giving themselves permission to say, hmm, oh, I can actually identify the the life I want and go after that and be on a path. That's incredibly free. So I love that you, you go through that with them. Yep. You know, a lot of it, I like to think about the cross country journey. I've done a lot of road trips over the years with my family, a lot of them. And <clears throat> Your dream is your North Star. It is, it's, it's your destination in maps. Whatever maps app you use, it is your destination. It's, all, it's, it's not only lack of awareness to think that things aren't going to happen or that you won't eventually run out of fuel on a cross-country road trip, that your gas tank, even if you're electrical, like you, you're going to have to recharge. Fuel will get low. It will run out. That's an expectation. That is something to plan for because there are going to be things that attempt to sabotage you again. And the more you study the route and obviously the more times you take the trip, the more awareness will come up. The more you know to look around that third turn over there because that deer always pops out and blasts out people's grills and sends them into the woods. Like, you know those things, right? And so, yeah, it is important. I love that. Yeah, I honestly, I could talk about this uh, another four hours. Like, uh, I just, I, I love it. I love how you're helping people and 
digging through all of this aspect because it is, I think it's one of those silent, less talked about <laughs> issues affecting all of us, right? We all have some level of frustration in our lives. And even if we're kind of ignoring it, you know, it's still affecting us. It's still creeping in there in every decision. No matter who we are, or how healthy we are, how much awareness we have, we are still being driven on a daily basis by a set of programmed, likely unconscious directives. And some people will call this our story, right? That we're telling ourselves that like what, what, what record keeps playing as a mentor used to tell me when, cause he grew up on records, what record keeps playing in your mind that's directing these things? Your people's, it, all of our frustrations are rooted there. Mine, and this is what I was going to mention earlier. You had mentioned we don't have to heal all the childhood traumas to begin moving forward. I was on a combat deployment to Afghanistan with the, with the army. And when I came back, I had my first ever anxiety attack or, or panic, nervous breakdown. I didn't break down. That's not true. I had a, a full-on anxiety attack, panic attack in public. And there's a lot to that story that I will not share right now only because it doesn't matter, but I like talking about it. I'm telling myself that so I don't tell the story. <laughs> so I had this happen and it was the first time that I learned what was we were going to later learn where I've developed post-traumatic stress disorder, right? And so much of what's happening in us is because we're not at ease in ourselves. We're at dis-ease. And so to me, a disease is that. It's being out of whack. And most of that, for most of us, comes with just living incongruent with our values. We're just not the people that we know we should be or even could be. So what I've found along the path of, of learning different therapies and different modalities of, of training and, and overcoming was that I don't by any means think that I'm beyond it, but so much of what we would call trauma, and some people have significant stories of trauma in their life, it will, its power loses its grip over time through the gaining of awareness and through the practicing of, in the, in the pillars, I call them simple practical actions, spas. And through the repetition of these things, all along the way, you're consistently gaining awareness because you're practicing new things and thinking new thoughts and controlling your thoughts. You catch a bad thought. You, you analyze the thought instead of just obeying it as a knee-jerk reaction. This is part of the training because you have to be able to catch the things that are sabotaging you. And that's the stuff that's on that repeat, on loop. And it'll never stop until you learn that that's what's causing the, you to take action on something, giving you undesired results. So if you just, like you're saying, if you just go do the action, so if, if you look at, so one of the frameworks is, is what I call an ITAR. This, this is not proprietary, but it's the information or the inputs that you're receiving creates the thought, create the thoughts that you think. The thoughts will create the actions you take, which lead to the habits that you develop, which produce the results in your life that you have, which produces the lifestyle that you're currently in charge of that you've currently manifested just like me because this is how it works for humans and so 
if you don't go and catch the thoughts, the actions, it don't matter. It don't matter. None, Norma Jean, if you don't catch those thoughts, because the thoughts are the things that are creating the actions. And the only way you're going to end up learning to change the thoughts is by getting different information in your head. Some kind of different information, because the only, for most of us, we are the only information that's going on in our head. We keep talking to ourselves all the time and we're using bad data. So for me, the power of PTSD, the, the panic, the anxiety, the depression, those things dissolve. And I dealt with that after quitting drugs and never went back to any drugs. So learning these different techniques, yeah, the seven pillar framework helps attack that through the couple times I've had to overcome significant things in my life. And, you know, the dream is powerful, but it really does take some tactical maneuvering and understanding some inside stuff about just the way that even our brains work and why we do the things that we do. So, you know, I wanted to put that out. No, I'm so glad you did too, because that's, that's powerful. How can people reach out and learn more and, and just, Hey, I, I, I know I need to talk to this guy. <laughs> My <laughs> what's, address what's is place? one, two, three, four, <laughs> any street. No. <laughs> yeah. At Adam Kasich's. That's where I hang out. No, that's what attaches itself to what I choose to show the world. And some of my stuff is, you know, as vulnerable or dirty as I'm willing to share on podcasts. So I don't, I don't try to, the, the perfect face, I, I kind of disrespect that a lot. Um, the facade, right? But so that's there. And then, you know, if people want, they can go check out adamkasics.com. That's going to take them to Revolutionary Freedom, the, the landing site. My One of the big things that I offer people is a free strategy call. That is so weak. I will give them the best I have for their life in the time that we have. There's no time limit on it. I'm not going to rush somebody in for 15 minutes or even 60. Like It's just not there. The context is the person and what they're looking for. I'm not going to let somebody run me ragged for eight hours, but I will help and I will do what I can for that. And then if we're a fit, we'll see if we're going to work together or not. But that that's going to have to go both ways. Because I told you before, I think we, we recorded even that if I don't think I, someone's a fit for me as a client, I will gently, I will gently lead them to the door very gently and respectfully, right? Because not everybody's meant to work oh, together. Yeah. So those things, and then there's the free lead magnet. They can download the seven pillars overview at sevenpillars.revolutionaryfreedom.com. Fantastic. Adam, thank you so much for, for, for being on it and sharing everything you have. And it's, it's powerful, man. But I hope I it helps, it. I brother. I, I really hope that people get an impact some you know sometimes i i overthink and then i overpressurize internally and i just think man i hope it's enough i hope the person's ears oh. catch it you know i hope they're at work when when they get introduced to their guy the way it happened for me like but you can't control that oh, that's yeah. why it's serendipity oh yeah big time i love it thank you so much I love it. yeah honor thank you awesome We'll see you all next time. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of this show. If you want help creating authority building video content or even a client generating show of your own, go to medialeadsco.com and let's connect. I'll talk to you soon on the next Strategy and Action.